This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. James 2.19, James 2.19 says, Thou believest that there is one God, and thou doest well. The devils also believe that there is, believe and tremble. The devils know that Jesus Christ is God the Son. They know that. They said that. What have we to do with thee, Christ, thou Son of God? But to say Jesus Christ is my God, that's a subjective answer. That's a connoisseur answer. That's to know Jesus Christ by a personal relationship. To say Jesus Christ is my God means Jesus Christ is my God and I worship him. That's to say Jesus Christ is my God and I love him above everyone else. That's to say Jesus Christ is my God and I submit to obey him. That's to say Jesus Christ is my God and I surrender my will to him. That's to say, Jesus Christ is my God and I pray to him for my needs. That's to say, Jesus Christ is my God and I confess my sins to him. That's to say, Jesus Christ is my God and I beg him to save me from my sins. That's the difference between saber as an answer to the question, who is Jesus Christ, and connoisseur as an answer to the question, who is Jesus Christ to me. So first there's gotta be a correct saber answer to the objective question, who is Jesus Christ, before there can be a correct connoisseur answer to the subjective question, who is Jesus Christ to me? Because after the correct objective answer to the question, who is Jesus Christ, then there can come a correct subjective answer to the question, who is Jesus Christ to me? So the sequence of the correct objective answer to Jesus asking, who am I? It leads to the subjective, correct subjective answer of who am I to you? 
and this is what Jehovah Jesus was leading to in Malachi. In Malachi, when he said, in Malachi 1.6, Malachi 1.6, now, a son honoreth his father, and a servant his master. If I then be a father, where's mine honor? And if I be a master, where's my fear? Again, Jesus Christ was pressing this point when he said in Luke 6.46, Luke 6.46, why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things that I, which I say? First, there's gotta be a correct understanding objectively of who Jesus Christ in is, and then he presses the point to his disciples over this in Matthew 16, 13, Matthew 16, 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked the disciples saying, whom do men say that I the son of man am? And they said, well, some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elijah, and some others Jeremiah, one of the prophets. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. When Christ asked the Pharisees what, in, verse, in verse, verse 41, verse 41, what think ye of Christ, he's asking them to think. Think, he's saying. Think is the call of Christ to the Pharisees. We've already seen how Christ asked the Sadducees to think in verse 32, when he pointed to the fact that God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, that was Christ's call to Sadducees. Think about the fact that God did not say to Moses, I was the God of Abraham. Think about the fact he was saying that God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham. And with the Sadducees, when he was calling on them to think about the difference between the verb tenses of I am, the God of Abraham versus I was the God of Abraham. Christ was calling on the Sadducees to look at how God said that to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, and say to themselves, wait a minute, hold everything while I think about this. I see if God said to Moses, I am the God of Abraham, and God did not say to Moses, I was the God of Abraham, then Eureka, they were supposed to say, that must mean Abraham is alive 500 years later when he spoke to Moses after 500 years after Abraham died. They were supposed to say, I got it. Abraham was resurrected to live with God. There is a resurrection. Think, he said. And the discovery of the resurrection in the Old Testament comes about from thinking. And now Christ is calling on the Pharisees to put on their thinking cap when he says in verse 42, verse 42, what think ye? So now Christ hopefully has them in this Sherlock Holmes mode of let's see now what we can discover with a little bit of investigative thinking. What think ye? He says, okay, we're all ready to think. Where are we going? They're thinking, where are we going? So now he asks them a question in verse 42. Verse 42, he says, what think ye? Whose son is he? Who is the Messiah descended from? And quick as a flash, they give him an answer. David, David, they say in verse 42, verse 42. They say unto him, the son of David. There's no hesitation at all in their answer that they give. 
teacher could all say to him, you get the gold star, you get the gold star. No one said, well, let me see now, where did he come from? Or whose son did he descend from? No one. Everyone knew that the Messiah would be the descendant of David. Everyone. That was the title of the Messiah. The Messiah was called the son of David. The city of Jerusalem knew that the Messiah was the son of David. They cried out to Jesus, Messiah, son of David, in Matthew 21, 9, Matthew 21, 9, the multitude that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Children, little kids, they knew that the Messiah was the son of David. They cried out to Jesus, Messiah, son of David, in Matthew 21, 15. Matthew 21, 15, when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased. Even a non, it wasn't just for Jews, even a non-Jewish, Gentile, Canaanite woman knew that the Messiah was the son of David she cried out to Jesus, Messiah, son of David, in Matthew 15, 22, Matthew 15, 22, behold, a woman of Canaan came out of the same coast and cried unto him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, thou son of David. My daughter is grievously vexed with the devil. Even blind men saw, blind men saw that Jesus was the son of David when they cried out to Jesus, Messiah, son of David, in Matthew 9, 27. Matthew 9, 27. When Jesus departed thence, two blind men followed him, crying, saying, thou son of David, have mercy on us. Everyone knew that the Messiah was the son of David. Why? Why did they know that? Why did everybody know that? Because God had made a very strong promise to David that the Messiah was gonna sit on David's throne forever. He said in Psalm 89, Psalm 89, 35, Psalm 89, 35, God said, once have I sworn by my holiness that I will not lie unto David. His seed shall endure forever. His throne as the sun before me. It shall be established forever as the moon and as a faithful witness in heaven, Selah. Because God said that the Messiah, would be God in the form of a child that would be born and that he would sit on the throne of David, Isaiah 9, 6, Isaiah 9, 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom to order it and to establish it with judgment and with judgment from henceforth even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. Those verses are stating that the Messiah will have a government which shall have no end and that he would sit on the throne of David forever. And after King David, after there was a King David, every king, both in the kingdom of Israel and in the kingdom of Jerusalem, every king was a descendant of David. The throne of Israel, the throne of Judah, 
was only for the descendants of David, no one else. In other words, to sit on the throne of Israel, to sit on the throne of Judah, was to sit on the throne of David. A person must be a descendant of David to sit on that throne. So no question in anyone's mind that the Messiah who's sitting on the throne is the descendant of David. And so then he says, all right, in verse 43, verse 43, he saith unto them, how then doth David in spirit call him Lord, saying, and he goes on. He speaks now of what David said, and he said, he's calling not just David, how did David say it, but he said, how then does David in spirit call him Lord? Christ is directing them to the Psalms, obviously to the Psalms here, it's Psalm 110, and the Psalms, he's saying, listen, as we all know, the Psalms are not just the writings of David. The Psalms are, what he's saying here in verse 43, is this is not just David, this is David in spirit. David in spirit means that David is just not writing his thoughts when he writes the Psalms. David is writing as the one who is described in 2 Peter 121. 2 Peter 121, we're told the prophecy, the Bible, the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. So David in the Psalms is one of those, 2 Peter 121, holy men of God who spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. 2 Peter 121 tells us that the writers of the Bible did not write by the will of man. They did not write what they wanted to write in the Bible. They only wrote what God wanted them to write. And the word that's used there is very descriptive. The word that's used to describe the Bible writers, the holy men of God, they were under an influence. They were under an influence to write the Bible. And the word that's used in 2 Peter 1.21 is the word moved. Holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And that word moved is a very interesting Greek word, pharaoh. Pharaoh is the Greek word. And the word of, the only way, to understand the meaning of Bible words is to look at them in context to how they're used. And the word Pharaoh really gets a very graphic description for us in Acts 27, 17. In Acts 27, 17, when it's describing uh, what eventually is a shipwreck, but at the time, it's not yet. It says in Acts 27, 17, when they had taken up, they used helps undergirding the ship and fearing lest they should fall into the quicksand, strake sail, and so were driven. So Acts 27, 17 is describing Paul, he's in a ship, he's in a storm, he's in a gale, there's very strong storm winds, and they've now hoisted up the sails of the ship, and the ship is driven with the wind, and in that description, we can just imagine being in that ship when that feeling, when those sails went up, and whoop, off you went, whether you wanted to or not. Whenever I go sailing, I love that feeling when you hoist the mainsail and you turn the boat so that the wind fills the sail and you hear that cracking noise of the pressure of the mast on the mast step as that 5,000 pound boat is pushed. It's a great feeling to a speed of five miles an hour maybe, but <laughs> it's a magic moment. Well, this boat was in a storm. It weighed more than 5,000 pounds and it was being pushed by the wind to more than five miles an hour. And the word that's used there is driven, and the Greek word behind that, Acts 22, 17 word, is the word pharaoh. 
It's the word Pharaoh. So that's the same word to describe the, the influence that the Bible writers were under when they wrote the Bible in 2 Peter 1.21. Those Bible writers were Pharaoh driven to write what God wanted them to write. No lesser, no less could the men on that boat in the windstorm say to Paul, I don't wanna be driven by the wind. No less could the Bible writers say, I don't wanna write what I'm being driven to write. Those Bible writers were, 2 Peter 1.21, holy men of God spake as they were driven by the Holy Ghost. Holy men of God spake as they were Pharaoh by the Holy Ghost, as a sailboat in a storm was Pharaoh driven by the wind. And this is what Christ meant when he said in verse 43, verse 43, when he said, David in spirit, David in Pharaoh, David driven by the Holy Ghost has called the Messiah Lord. And that's the point that Christ is bringing out here to the Pharisees. He's saying, think about this. Think about the fact that David is calling his descendant Lord. What would it be like, he's saying, if a father called his son God? How does a father call his son God? That's the question that Christ is asking the Pharisees to think about. How could a father call a son God? But that's exactly what David did when David was talking about a conversation that was happening between God the Father and God the Son. And it was all about sitting on the throne of David in Psalm 110, verse one. Psalm 110, verse one says, the Lord said unto my Lord, God said unto my God, sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of thy strength out of Zion. Rule thou in the midst of thine enemies. David is referring back to a time when God the Father turned to God the Son and said in Psalm 2, verse six, Psalm 2, verse six, yet have I set my king upon my holy hill of Zion. That's the throne of David. I will declare the decree the Lord hath said unto me, thou art my son, this day have I begotten thee, ask of me, I will give thee the heathen for thine inheritance and the uttermost parts of the earth for thy possession. Thou shalt break them with the rod of iron, thou shalt dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Be wise now therefore, O ye kings, be instructed ye judges of the earth, serve the Lord with fear, rejoice with trembling, Kiss the son, lest he be angry and you perish from the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are all they that put their trust in him. So specifically, Christ is asking how David could call his descendant, the son of David, how he could call him God. In Psalm 110, verse one, verse one, the Lord said unto my Lord, how could David call his son God? Christ is asking for an explanation. Give me an explanation to that question. Verse 45, verse 45. If David then call him Lord, how is he a son? There's only one explanation to that question, and that explanation is the Messiah is God. The explanation is Isaiah 9:6, Isaiah 9:6, for unto us a child is born, and his name shall be called the mighty God. The name of the child that was born in the barn in Bethlehem is the mighty God, because he is the mighty God. And the wise men from the east, they knew that, that the child was the mighty God, and that's why they came in Matthew 2.2, Matthew 2.2, saying, where is he which is born of king of the Jews? We have seen his star in the east and are come to worship him. You only worship God. 
Thomas called Jesus God because he knew he was God in John 20, 28. John 20, 28. Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. The whole purpose of the great book of John is summed up to convince people that Jesus is God. John 20, 31, John 20, 31, these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life through his name, and a person can only have life, can only have eternal life if he believes that Jesus Christ is God objectively, and subjectively, Jesus is my God. 1 John 5, 11, 1 John 5, 11, my God is possessive, mine. 1 John 5, 11, this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that has, as in mine, the Son of has life. He that has not, not mine, the Son of God hath not life. These things have I written unto you that you may believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. The only ones who are in heaven, the only ones who are in heaven are the ones who know that Jesus Christ is God. They know that, and they sing that song about that in Revelation 5.9, Revelation 5.9, they sing a new song saying, thou art worthy to take the book, open the seals thereof, for thou was slain, has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred, tongue, and people, and nation. And you've made us unto our God, kings and priests, and we shall reign on earth and I beheld in the voice of many angels about, and the throne, and the beasts, and the elders, and the numbers of them was 10,000 times 10,000, thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. And every creature was in heaven and under the earth, and such as in the sea, and all them heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him, which sitteth upon the throne unto the lamb. The four elders said, amen. The four and 20 elders fell down and worshiped him that lives forever and ever. This is the big Mount Everest. This is the highest peak that has to be climbed. And when a person gets to the peak of Mount Everest, he comes to the knowledge that Jesus is God. He comes to know that Jesus Christ is God. I still remember climbing Mount Castle in um, Colorado, 14,256 feet. Just about killed me, but anyway. We got up to the top up there, and there was a cylinder, and you open up the cylinder and sign your name. It was so it was really exciting. Robert Kennedy signed his name. He has his name up there. This is the Mount Everest. You get up to the top of Mount Everest, you open up the cylinder, and the revelation is Jesus Christ is God. Everything else falls into place. Every other problem, so-called problem, is chump change. Creation is six days, less than 10,000 years ago. Christ is the Messiah. Chump change, it falls into place if Jesus Christ is God. And with this demonstration here that Jesus gave, that Jesus is God, was the final blow. The final blow that put his enemies to silence. From this point on, it was, we're not gonna hear, we're just gonna kill him. But in verse 46, verse 46, no man was able to answer him a word, neither does any man from that day forth ask him any more questions. Let's pray. Lord, we worship you for your majesty and your elegance of your speech, and we worship you because you are God, and moreover, Lord, you are our God, this God, shall be our God forever and ever. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. 
Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.